Hi guys, welcome back to Model Behavior. I hope everyone is having a fantastic day. My week is off to a weird start. Um, I'm actually supposed to be leaving for Mexico tomorrow for a vacation with my boyfriend and his mom, but we had to cancel last minute because my boyfriend and I both had jobs come up, which is one annoying thing about us both working in the fashion industry. Like as a model and a photographer, there are a lot of times where we'll find out about a job literally 12 hours in advance and everything is very last minute. So it's hard to plan vacations or really plan anything. So I'm bummed we aren't going to Mexico because I am in desperate need of a vacation, both physically and mentally. I just think I really need some sun and I was also really looking forward to kind of clearing my head and spending some quality time with my boyfriend and his mom and just like relaxing for a second. And you know like before a vacation when you're just like every day you wake up and you're like okay just have to get through this day and then there's three more days until I get to go to Mexico or get to go on my vacation. And I was doing that and now we're not going. <laughs> So yes, I'm bummed, but also I'm very grateful that we both got jobs and it works out. We actually already rescheduled it for next month, so it's chill and that actually works out better because it will also be warmer by then too, can get a nice little glowy tan. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get into this week's episode. It is a little bit heavy. It's actually really heavy, but I think it's time to talk about this. A lot of people have requested an episode about this, and it's not that I've been like putting it off because I don't want to talk about it. I really do want to talk about it. It's just obviously a very important topic to me and something I'm really passionate about. And I just wanted to take my time and kind of get my thoughts together and make sure I say everything I want to say the way I really want to say it. So obviously, trigger warning for this episode, I'm going to talk about my experience with PTSD after an abusive relationship. So I'll talk about physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, and just literally every type of abuse. So if you're not in a place to hear about that sort of thing, please skip this episode. It's totally fine. I love you so much and I will see you on the next episode. But if you are okay with hearing about that, then hello. Welcome. Let's do this. Um, and before I get into the healing aspect and kind of like the aftermath of this relationship, I'm just going to give a little bit of background about what actually happened so you guys have a better understanding of what I'm actually healing from. So basically, I started dating a guy in high school who was physically, sexually, emotionally, and verbally abusive and manipulative. One million percent a narcissist. This was textbook narcissistic abuse. And it started pretty much immediately, like a couple months into the relationship, it was already happening. And I officially dated him for one year, but ended up going back to him so many times over the course of about four years. So even though we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, he was actively abusing me for four years. 
I did not tell anyone about the abuse for the first year, like when we were actually together. And then after we broke up, I told my family and a few of my friends and my therapist. I was diagnosed with PTSD after the first year. And now that diagnosis has been revised to CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Basically, the difference is that PTSD is caused by one single event, like a car accident or a shooting or a rape, but CPTSD is usually caused by an ongoing traumatic event or a series of traumatic events over like a prolonged period of time. It's just like compound trauma, like on top of itself. So basically there's just many layers to it. But after the first year of dating him, I started experiencing really intense flashbacks and nightmares, extreme anxiety, super heightened sensitivity to like loud noises and sudden movements, um, which would trigger panic attacks. And I had a lot of suicidal thoughts Um, I was self-harming, I experienced extreme dissociation, memory loss, and emotional numbness. And even though this person had caused so much suffering, I continued to go back to him for several years, like I said. And this is confusing for people who have never experienced abuse, and specifically narcissistic abuse. And honestly, there is no like good way to explain it to someone who hasn't experienced it it's just how the cycle of abuse works like this person who scares you the most to the point of fearing for your life also becomes the only person you feel safe with and the only person you like depend on like they make you feel that way on purpose and it's super confusing it's super frustrating it's super fucking traumatizing and it is extremely difficult to rebuild your life after experiencing this type of abuse. It's probably the hardest thing I have ever done. After the relationship ended, I had zero sense of identity. I had no idea who I was without him. I felt like I had no purpose and every day I was just haunted by these events and it controlled my entire life. I could not get through one single day without being reminded of these events, whether it was a flashback, a nightmare, a panic attack, like there was not a day that went by where I was not in extreme distress over this relationship. And it felt like I was never going to be able to live normally again. It felt like this was just my new reality and these events were going to live in the front of my mind forever. And I just had no hope. I was angry, I was sad, I was lost, I was confused, and I didn't know how I was ever going to heal or live a normal life after this. Like, I literally just could not even picture that for myself. And I wish I had someone to talk to who was on the other side of their trauma, which is why I'm making this episode and talking about this, because I don't think people talk about it enough. But that's a whole other conversation. Um... In this episode, I just want to tell you how I got through it and found myself on the other side. Um, First things first, I told someone. I ended up telling my mom first because I was so overwhelmed and like I wasn't really sleeping and I was actually scared to sleep because I was constantly having nightmares. So I was terrified to fall asleep 
and I was just exhausted physically and mentally. And I didn't want her to know for several reasons. First, I didn't want her to stop me from seeing him. Again, this is not going to make a lot of sense to people who haven't experienced narcissistic abuse, but I wanted to keep seeing him, and I didn't want her to try and stop me from doing that, which she obviously would once I told her what was happening. The second reason I didn't want her to know was that I didn't want to upset her. I didn't want her to imagine those things happening to me. I didn't want her to picture me going through that. And the third reason was that I didn't want her to make me press charges or like tell other people about it and make a big deal about it. As horrible as it sounds, I wanted to protect my abuser. I didn't want him to have any consequences. And that feeling has since changed, but for a long time, that's how I felt. I felt like I had a responsibility to protect him. But I just couldn't hold all of that weight by myself anymore. So I told my mom, who told my dad, and I started getting the help and support that I needed. And as much as you don't want to, you have to tell someone. You can't do it alone. I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot do it alone. Even if you think you can, you cannot. Tell someone you love and trust, preferably a parent, Because I told friends I trusted and they didn't always believe me. So sometimes, quote-unquote, friends are not the best people to tell. Um, But the next thing I did was I told my therapist. My parents made me do this, obviously, because I'd been seeing this therapist throughout my entire relationship. But I never told her anything about it because I knew she'd tell my parents or, like, tell me to stop seeing him. And I didn't want her to do any of that. But anyway, I told my therapist and she started treatment accordingly. But I also want to give you some tips of things you can do in your personal life outside of going to therapy because obviously you should go to therapy, but these are things that I've worked on on my own that have helped me move past the trauma and reclaim my life completely for myself. I think one of the biggest things is trying not to block out what happened and this was a trauma response for me and i was terrified of revisiting the memories of things that he had done to me or situations he had put me in so i literally just buried those memories and completely blocked them out i know that most of the time people do this subconsciously in an effort to protect themselves but if you start to remember something that happened try not to shut it down or push it out of your mind Like, let yourself remember. Let yourself cry. Let yourself be upset about it. Because what happened was upsetting. It was scary. It was violating. And you need to feel all those emotions no matter how much you don't want to and no matter how uncomfortable they are. Because otherwise, they build up and they start to manifest in other ways. And it's really hard to heal when you're suppressing memories and emotions And as soon as I realized that I needed to face these memories in order to process them and to have them stop haunting me and coming up all the time, the easier it became to face them and let them go. And obviously you're always going to remember these events and this trauma. It will always have happened to you. And this is something I still get upset about. The fact that this will always have happened to me and it wasn't my fault is still very upsetting. And it always will be. 
but that's okay. And it wouldn't be normal to just forget about it and not be upset about it anymore. But the more you confront these memories and emotions, the easier they become to manage and process. It's so scary at first, but trust me, you're just dragging it out by avoiding it and it will continue to come up in different ways and negatively affect your life until it's addressed. Healing happens by feeling. That's very true. Um, Next, I would highly suggest not dating or starting a new relationship until you feel like you have a firm grasp on your healing. And I'm actually going to probably make a whole separate episode about adjusting to a healthy relationship after an abusive relationship because it can be really difficult and it has been really challenging for me to unlearn toxic relationship behaviors now that I'm actually in a healthy relationship. So I definitely want to talk about that in another episode, but I made the mistake of starting a relationship very soon after I got out of my abusive relationship and I made that boy's life a living hell. I was not ready to be in another relationship. Not only did I flinch every time he moved and trigger myself with intimacy, but I treated him horribly. I cheated on him multiple times by going back to my ex so many times. I was still fully in the cycle of abuse and this poor boy was collateral damage. And I am not excusing the cheating by any means. Obviously, I am fully responsible for the way I treated this guy. But I know I never would have treated him like that if I wasn't in such a dark place with my trauma and my PTSD. I was completely emotionally unavailable and very unstable. And I never should have gotten into another relationship at that time. And as much as you want someone to comfort you and help you through this and show you affection and love you, let that person be your parents and your friends and your therapist. I understand there are situations where new relationships can work after abusive ones, but I really suggest giving yourself time to focus on healing the trauma before you give any attention to a new relationship because it can become a way to distract yourself from dealing with the aftermath of the abuse. And in my case, by involving another romantic partner, he really just became collateral damage in this cycle of abuse. Just seriously like an innocent bystander. And I honestly still feel very bad about that. Um, But you live and you learn. But I also don't judge myself for that because I know what I was going through at the time. This is intense. Like, I knew this was going to be hard to talk about, but this is really hard to talk about. (laughs) Um, Okay, this next one is a huge one and possibly the most important one, in my opinion. Forgive yourself. I saw these two quotes right after I broke up with my abusive ex, and they have stuck with me ever since. The first one is, I forgive myself because I now understand that I did my very best for what I knew at the time. And the second one is, forgive yourself for not knowing better at the time. Forgive yourself for giving away your power. Forgive yourself for the survival patterns and traits you picked up while enduring trauma. I realized that everything I did during that relationship was for my own survival. I let him do things to me because I knew if I didn't, it would be worse. So I had to forgive myself for making myself small, 
because I knew if I made myself too big, I would get hurt. Everything I did or didn't do was damage control. It was always, how can I love this man and get the least hurt today? How can I love this man and stay alive today? What do I need to do to make sure this situation doesn't get any more violent than it already is? Which I know is an insane way to live and an insane way to think, but again, that's the cycle of abuse. And to an outsider, this sounds batshit crazy. And it's like, well, why didn't you just leave? Which is the million dollar question that everyone loves to ask. And I honestly get so infuriated at this question. Why are you asking me why I stayed? And why is no one ever asking why he did it? People's first reaction is always to ask why I didn't leave instead of asking what the fuck is wrong with this man. But anyway, um, (laughs) do someone who has experienced abuse, this is a familiar feeling and you get it. So I needed to forgive myself and stop judging myself for doing what I needed to do to survive. And I also had to deal with the fact that I still loved this person more than anything. I loved this person so much more than I loved myself at the time. And I had to know that it was okay to not judge myself for that. Trauma bonds are an extremely powerful thing. He was the only person who knew exactly what I was going through because he was the only person that experienced all of those traumatic events with me. And it's an extremely complicated thing to explain to someone who has never had an experience like this, which I think is why people can seem so judgmental when you're going through it. And you feel like no one understands except you and your abuser, because you were the only people that were there, which is why it's so hard to break that bond. But here's another quote that helped me with this part. It's okay to still love your abuser. It's okay to still care about your abuser. It's okay to feel sorry for how your abuser was abused. It's okay to understand your abuser's pain. And still, your abuse was and is wrong. You didn't and don't deserve it. You don't have to accept the abuse. You are not to blame. There were times when I 100% blamed myself. I thought, I put myself in that position, I stayed, I provoked him, I let him do things to me sometimes, and I would literally tell myself, oh, I shouldn't have said that or made him mad because I know what happens when I make him mad. And actually, his mother said that to me a couple times as well. But that does not make it my fault. I was surviving and was in a deep cycle of narcissistic abuse. None of that is my fault. So please forgive yourself. And please know that no abuse is ever your fault. And I hope this quote helps as well. You are not your abuse. You are not what they did to you. You are not your trauma. You are the cleverness that survived. You are the courage that escaped. You are the power that protected a tiny spark of your light. You will fan that spark into a bonfire of rage and love. And with it, you will burn all their lies to ash. I know that's like super fucking cheesy at the end, but the beginning really resonated with me when I was going through the depths of feeling like it was my fault. Because it's true. You're the cleverness that survived. You got yourself through that situation. You helped yourself live through that and did what you needed to do to survive that situation. 
and that's brave that is courageous that is smart um yeah who i'm like about to get emotional <laughs> uh um moving on educating myself on the effects of trauma really helped me feel less alone and made my symptoms and my feelings make so much more sense to me i read this book called the body keeps the score by psychiatrist bessel van der kolk and this is a really intense book and i honestly might not recommend it for someone at the beginning of their healing journey because it can be super overwhelming and i had to take it very slow i would read a couple of chapters and then journal about whatever like memories and emotions came up while i was reading it and if i started feeling overwhelmed i would just put it down but honestly this book helped me maybe more than therapy it really helped me understand how my brain has actually been changed by this trauma and why my symptoms manifested how they did and why i had the reactions that i had it made me feel less alone because there are so many case studies based on people who have gone through really similar situations and just i think understanding the science behind trauma really helped me work through my own so i highly recommend this book and also just like learning about trauma in general to help make it make sense because it can be really really confusing also when we broke up i had zero sense of identity my identity had become so wrapped up in that relationship that i literally did not know who i was without him i did not know myself anymore and i struggled to make literally any decision i had no idea what i liked I couldn't even make like the smallest decisions for myself like what to wear what to eat what music i liked i just felt completely lost and was always very indecisive and for me not being able to trust your own choices is one of the most unsettling trauma responses like when you can't see your own judgment as reliable you just navigate life feeling so confused I think it's best to begin to trust yourself with small choices first. And if you feel like you don't know yourself, I really recommend keeping a notebook that you just put everything in. Your thoughts, quotes that you like, artwork, postcards, to-do lists, diary entries, book reviews, TV shows you like, places that you want to travel to, mood boards, playlists, do some shadow work in there write letters, press some flowers in the notebook or leaves or something, write down any plans that you have, like literally just write down everything. And while you're filling this journal, you will start to get a better sense of yourself, of things that you like and things you didn't know about yourself before, especially when you go back and like reread old entries. This was super helpful for me just to get to know myself again and start to regain some sense of identity and independence. So that is some of the personal work that I did. But as far as things I like actually adjusted in my life, one of the first things I did was distance myself from people who weren't 110% on my side. For me, this was a group of mutual friends that my abuser and I shared, and most of them didn't really believe me. And they all also stayed friends with my abuser. So I stopped hanging out with them and stopped talking to them. I found new friends 
and stuck with people who fully supported me and believed me and wanted to help me get through this. You don't need to convince anyone that this happened to you. If they don't believe you the first time you tell them, drop them. They are not your friend. They will only hold you back from healing. I also started prioritizing time with my family because I had made my ex my entire world and he really isolated me from my friends and family and they were really my support system through the aftermath of this. And family is just so important and I found it to be really grounding to be with them and they were people who I felt safe with which is really, really important when you're dealing with the aftermath of abuse. It is so important to surround yourself with people who make you feel safe. So connecting with my family and spending a lot more time with them was very helpful for me. And I think finding new hobbies and different ways to fill your time and like kind of keep yourself distracted is also very helpful. Like start learning how to crochet or start reading a lot find somewhere to volunteer like get a new job learn how to play the piano just really anything you enjoy that can also distract you and keep you busy because this is also just a really great way to reconnect with yourself and regain some sense of independence too also start investing time in self-care Another really, really good way to reconnect with yourself and show yourself some love and care. I took a lot of really long showers. I did a lot of face masks. I got manicures, pedicures. Um, But actually something I would be a little bit careful with is massages. I love massages now and it's definitely part of my current self-care routine, but I actually found massages really uncomfortable and kind of triggering for a while like when I was in the thick of PTSD and processing the trauma. So I would maybe avoid massages for a second if you're like fresh out of some trauma. But other than that, self-care is a really great way to show yourself some love and just be gentle with yourself. And the next thing that I did that really, really helped me was moving to a different city. Obviously, this is not realistic or possible for everyone, but it really did help me by kind of giving me a fresh start somewhere and just to not be surrounded by all these reminders of the trauma. Like even when I go back to my hometown now, I have a really hard time because I have so many memories come up. Just literally like driving through certain intersections or passing by certain restaurants and I just feel like I'm surrounded by reminders of the abuse and it's just difficult to go back there. So if you do ever have the opportunity to move, I would suggest taking that opportunity because it really allowed me to distance myself from the trauma and restart my life in a place that was untouched by my abuser. A place that felt like it was completely mine. Like this is my city and my neighborhood and he has never laid his hands on me here and he never will. But if you can't move away from your hometown or wherever this happened, I think honestly going to the places where you have bad memories and like going with your friends or your family and creating new memories in those places can be really helpful but obviously i would not try to push yourself too hard to confront these places like too soon and it's definitely okay to just avoid places when you're processing this trauma 
like literally to this day i refuse to go to my hometown mall by myself i can't do it and it's like five years later i still can't do it which is totally fine that's fine i don't need to go to the mall by myself whatever who cares anyway i want to wrap up this episode by sharing a couple more quotes that i found super helpful the first one is instead of calling yourself out on your quote bullshit or admitting your most quote toxic trait i wonder how it would feel if you said i went through some shit and this is how i adapted in order to survive this is how i learned to get love this is how i learned to get my needs met and then extend that compassion to those parts of you and thank yourself for doing exactly what you needed to do to keep yourself alive the first option creates shame that may keep up repeating behaviors the second actually empowers us to begin releasing them. End quote. Um, <laughs> this one really helped me realize I needed to let go of any judgment I had around what happened and how I survived it. Because I used to be really mean to myself about it and thought I deserved it. I thought I had done things to bring it upon myself, but I didn't. No one deserves that. No one should ever do those things to you no matter what you do. Or no matter how mad you make them, no one should ever do that to you. Yeah, so just please remember that. The next quote is, Your anger is the part of you that knows your mistreatment and abuse were unacceptable. Your anger knows you deserve to be treated well and treated with kindness and respect. Your anger is a part of you that loves you. And I think later in my healing process, I started to get really, really angry. I wasn't angry at first. I was really just like sad and upset but once I really realized that I never deserved any of it I was fucking pissed I was just like what the fuck man like why the fuck did you cause all this trauma for me and like this is something I'm gonna have to deal with forever this will never have not happened to me so fuck you for doing this to me and I honestly still feel like this sometimes like I feel like this right now I really do but I know that the anger is because I know I didn't deserve it. And I know I deserve a healthy love. So I understand that anger means I've realized what an awful person he is. And to me, it honestly means I don't love him anymore. I fucking hate him. And that is very healthy. Okay, last quote is, healing from pain is a choice you have to consciously decide you deserve to feel free that you deserve to let go of that weight that has been holding you down for too long there have been many times where i was just tired of dealing with it i was tired of doing the work but you have to love yourself enough to want this weight lifted off your shoulders you have to know you deserve to heal and it takes work to get there yes but you don't deserve to suffer from this, so you have to do the work to get to the other side. The only way out is through. That's another good little bonus quote I'll throw in for you. The only way out is through. It's very true. Um, yeah. Wow. That was a lot. I think that's all I have for this episode. Um, obviously, my DMs are open for questions. And I can definitely do a Q&A episode about this as well. And I know this was very intense. So 
maybe just go for a walk and clear your head or journal about whatever emotions came up while you were listening to this and just take some deep breaths. And I just want to say that if you're currently going through this or you have been through an abusive relationship, I am so, so sorry. And I feel your pain and you are not alone. You can get through this and you will get through this. Um, I'm going to put the domestic violence hotline number in the description as well as some other resources. So check that out if you feel like you need some resources. But I think that's it. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.